Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 6 The Cabin Boy's Secret by E.M. Clark, Read by Lexi Chapter 6 Stonetown The sand was now stinging their faces, whipping itself into a frenzy and nearly blinding them. The air was so thick with it that they choked despite pulling their cloaks up over their mouth and nose. The horses were becoming more and more nervous, whinnying in fright and stamping their hooves. Nearly there! Hurry! cried Danilo, leading them into the rock formation. Luckily, there were caves within, and the brothers half-pulled Zelly, Hector and the horses inside the nearest one. Immediately, the wind died down and the whipping sand lessened. Danilo and Gordia spread blankets over the horses. Keep your faces covered with your cloaks and stroke the horses, Danilo said. Horses don't like sandstorms, and if they bolt, we won't be able to get to Stonetown. I don't think I like sandstorms either, whispered Zelly, stroking her horse reassuringly. Looking out towards the mouth of the cave, they saw the sky darken and heard the wind whistling and howling. We could do with a portable illuminator, Hector said with a grin. Zelly smiled, but she felt a lump in her throat. The portable illuminators were one of her father's inventions, reminding her of her family and how much she missed them. The noise of the wind was uncanny, and soon it felt that the entire world outside the cave was sand. Despite their efforts to keep their faces covered with their cloaks, it still burrowed its way into their eyes, nose and mouth. Well, I'm not surprised the horses don't like it, thought Zelly. I don't either. That wind sounds like a soul in torment. The wind was blowing the sand in eddies across the surface of the desert rock. The sand will build up against any object it can find, explained Gordius, which is why shelter is essential to stay safe. To Zelly and Hector, it felt like the storm would never end, but of course it did eventually. Suddenly, the wind dropped and the howling ceased. The sand seemed to evaporate and the world was still again. Everyone was very glad that it had stopped. Gordius passed round the water which they drank gratefully and the horses, wickering softly with relief, lapped up their share eagerly. Right, said Danilo, stretching. We'd better carry on with our journey. Our plan for us to reach Stonetown before dark. Zelly and Hector, though uncomfortable and covered in sand, were glad to be on the move again. They trooped out of the cave to see that the sand had cleared from the air as suddenly as it had appeared. The sun blazed down once more. Nothing moved. There was no colour in the harsh landscape. The desolate wasteland stretched out, interrupted only by outcrops of sandy rock and the occasional scattering of sun-bleached bones. Zelly thought again how silent and sinister this place was and she shuddered. On they plodded on what seemed like a never-ending journey, until, at last, they could see a town in the distance. Well, what could be a town, thought Zelly. 
She couldn't quite make it out through the heat haze. Perhaps she was imagining it, conjuring up an image of what she wanted to see. However, as they moved closer, she could see that it was indeed a town, its dull orange stones the colour of the sand which surrounded them. The town had a high wall around it, and there was a large metal gate in front of them, barring the entrance. Stone Town, announced Danilo. It doesn't look very welcoming, said Zelly. It's better than nothing, I suppose, said Hector tiredly. Don't worry. We have letters of introduction from our sister, said Danilo, but we need to be careful. They're suspicious of strangers here. Please wrap your cloaks carefully around you, and Zelly, pull yours down over your forehead to disguise your eyes. Green eyes are unusual here, and we don't want to attract any unwanted attention. Zelly nodded and did as he suggested. After a sandstorm, no one will be surprised you're covered up, added Gordius. And your children, so no one will look too carefully at you. Nevertheless, you must be careful, as rumour travels fast here, and we can never be sure who the people are loyal to. Zelly and Hector made sure they'd wrap themselves up, and both of them cast their eyes down as Danilo talked to the guards at the gate. I am Danilo, brother of Ermelin, Danilo said. I'm visiting with my brother and two children. He gestured to the rest of the group. The guards stared hard at the little group and their horses. They looked tough and unwelcoming. Their eyes narrowed suspiciously, the burnished blades at their waists glinting in the hot sun. The soldiers checked the letter Danilo gave them, questioning him closely. They spoke to him for such a long time that Zelly was worried they wouldn't be allowed through. We wouldn't last long out here, she thought, feeling the sun beating down relentlessly on her back. At last, the guards seemed satisfied. The great gate opened slowly, and the soldiers waved them through. Stone Town was indeed a strange place to two children who lived on and by the sea. All the stone was a grey and white colour, and whilst the streets were narrow, which meant there was shade from the sun which was welcome, the narrowness made the town look and feel forbidding. Worse still, there were no people out and about, and it was silent. It's like nowhere I've ever been before, thought Zelly. I'm not sure I like it, and she pulled her cloak more tightly around her head. When they got to the centre, they found the was. Here it was more pleasant. The water gleamed cool and tranquil, and there were palm trees and a small seated area. There were even a few people here, Zelly noticed in surprise, and at one side there was a wash house where some residents were washing clothes. Danilo led the way to the other side of the wass, where the houses opened onto the street. They stopped before one and knocked at the door. A small window in the door opened. It is I, Danilo. He spoke softly, but uncovered his face briefly so the person behind the door could verify he was who he claimed to be. Please inform my sister that I am here. The window squeaked shut again and they waited in silence. A minute later, the large door swung open and Danilo greeted the woman standing behind it with open arms. My sister, Ermeline, Danilo said, as she hugged Gordius and turned to look at Zelly and Hector.
You are welcome, she smiled. She had a gentle voice and a kind, prematurely lined face, as if she was older than her years. Please, come in. They walked into a courtyard. Zelie was reminded of Frenchtown and her aunt's house, so this felt familiar. However, this courtyard had neither water nor plants. Water was scarce in Stonetown, as she knew. There was none to spare. Ermelin led them up to a balcony on the second floor, overlooking the courtyard. We don't use the roof terrace as it's too hot, except to dry the washing. The children could see that the entire house had a flat roof, as indeed had many others, all with washing hanging out to dry. Ermelin showed them to their rooms and arranged for water to be brought for them to wash with. How terrible to be caught in a sandstorm, she said sympathetically. Not a very nice introduction to Stonetown, but never mind. I'll bring food for everyone, and when you're ready, please come back to the balcony to enjoy it. Soon they were sitting down to a feast of goat stew and rice. Hector, who was used to ship's biscuits, wolfed his down, but Zelie didn't feel very hungry. She ate her food to be polite and to keep her strength up, although she didn't really want it. Have some fruit, said Ermelin kindly. We eat simply here. It's hard to get most foods and fruit is a special treat. Zelie smiled gratefully. Gosh, she thought, I just pick a mango or a coconut off a tree whenever I fancy some fruit. Sandlandia really is a wonderful place to live. Still, this is an adventure, she told herself, and she tucked into her food with renewed determination. As they were finishing their food, a man walked in. This is my husband, Nem, said Ermeline, and she introduced the children. They smiled politely at the new arrival. He was a small man, with his hair neatly combed back from his face, and he was staring intently at Zelie. She couldn't be sure why, but she instinctively did not trust him. Pleased to meet you, she said, arranging her face into a bland smile so as not to give away her feeling of suspicion. Anna the parrot was on her shoulder and cheeped very softly in her ear. So, Anna doesn't like the aura he has either, Zelie thought. Something about him just doesn't feel right. I am pleased to meet you both, Nem replied. He spoke politely, but there was a hardness behind his eyes. As the adults discussed plans, Zelie noticed that Nem was continuing to watch her and Hector carefully. Zelie felt very uncomfortable, but what could she do? These people were kindly offering them shelter and help, and anyway, she could hardly just get up and leave. The plan they decided on was for Danilo to go ahead and organise a ship, and then come back for Zelie and Hector. Zelie nodded her consent, but later that evening, she and Hector met up. What do you think of Nem? she asked her friend quietly. I don't like him. He's not like Ermelin. There's something wrong. I agree, whispered Hector. He kept looking at you and Anna. Zelie nodded. He just doesn't seem trustworthy. I think we should follow our instincts, said Hector. I don't want Danilo to go without us, said Zelie. We must ask him privately if we can go with him. But Hector shook his head. He won't take us. He knows Hook Head is not safe. That's the reason he wants to go ahead and arrange the boat before we join him. 
He might if we had proof it was dangerous here, replied Zelie thoughtfully. I'll send Anna out obscured to get more information. Hector nodded. Fairy fee, fairy fee, grant Anna invisibility, whispered Zelie, and Anna shimmered into nothingness. Immediately, she flew off to find Nem. She was in luck. He was leaving the house, and she followed him to a dark corner by the wass, where he met up with a group of men. Anna hid in the palm trees and listened carefully. The men spoke in low mutters, which she strained to hear. Her heart fluttered with horror as she heard what was being arranged, and she saw some heavy coins exchange hands. Without waiting another second, she silently flew back to Ermeline's house. Mistress, she twittered urgently, Nem knows you are fleeing Count Zuto, and the people here support the Count. Zuto comes here often to smuggle goods. Zelie and Hector were wide-eyed at this news. But it gets worse, the little parrot continued. Nem met with strange men. Money exchanged hands. Nem, Nem is going to give you up for a reward. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 7, Escape by Sea. If you're loving the podcast, why not leave us a review? Or even donate to help us keep making new episodes. See you next time.